Hello, St. Louis and surrounding areas. You are not listening to another edition of the Dollars and Cents Show, although you might think it by uh, hearing that uh, opening. Welcome, everyone. Yes, this is the guy who has been hosting the Dollars and Cents Show on Sundays. Started out on Saturdays many years ago, but hosting a weekend edition of the Dollars and Cents Show for, uh, in a couple of weeks, it will actually celebrate my 26th year of hosting Dollars and Cents. I cannot believe it, because apparently I was only eight years old when I started the show back in 1996. Um, No, it's not the Dollars and Cents Show. Yeah, we might throw in a few financial or market-related little tidbits of information and uh, pertinent data, but I get to spread my wings here a little bit. I guess I should uh, give you the introduction first of all. Yes, I'm the dude who has hosted the Dollars and Cents Show for all these 26 years. That would be me, Dave Simons. By day, a certified financial planner and head of the Simons & Cordes Wealth Management Group, located within the friendly confines of UBS Financial Services. But occasionally, they let me out to play in the evenings. So here I am getting to fill in occasionally for At Your Service. I was on a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I I really do enjoy it uh, because now I can talk about a lot of the current events. I I try to be as, as... as light as I can, even when I host the show, I don't want to get bogged down in too many serious discussions of financial matters and economics and what inflation's doing and how, I mean, you can almost hear the number of radio dials and knobs and phones being tuned off, even for casual observers of financial markets. So I also like to throw in some fun little tidbits of information now and then. But but when I get to host a weeknight show of At Your Service, then everything is fair game. Now, when I was on a couple of weeks ago, it got a little heavy for those of you listening. Um, I recounted losing a family member due to COVID and a lot of the stories around that. And so we're going to lighten the load a little bit. Um, But I I still don't think we can ignore this whole COVID story because I don't know if you saw this. I'm sure you've probably seen it somewhere, heard it in the media, but we just hit a million new coronavirus cases in one day. And what's interesting about that is last week on television, I saw, I, I don't recall if he was a doctor or some kind of healthcare expert or something, but he said that the way that this new variant is sweeping across the country, it wouldn't surprise him to see us hit a million reported cases in one day. And I remember thinking, you know, I'm no expert. I have no idea if that's possible or not. Is this guy just trying to get our attention? Which, okay, I I think our attention has been gotten, hasn't it? Um, I kind of, I didn't, I'm not saying I dismissed the number at all, but I didn't know if he was kind of given into hyperbole because let's face it, a million, it's that, it's that big headline gotcha number. Well, it turned out the guy's serious as heart attack. He, he hit it yesterday. New coronavirus cases, 
82,549. That's one day. And that's only being reported. You know the number is higher. Perhaps you or someone you know, you're just convinced you've had COVID, but you, you're you not an official statistic. You didn't go in and get tested. You just know it. I, In fact, I know someone uh, very close to me who lives in an apartment with some other buddies and one of them did get tested because he knew he had it. And sure enough, he did. The other two roommates, same symptoms. This was a year ago before the vaccine and all that. And and we know that they had it, but there's two people who never went in and officially got tested. Uh, but here's the other thing, too. The seven-day average of new cases is also now at an all-time high, if above even a, a year ago. And they're saying that the U.S. has the highest seven-day average of newly cases anywhere in the world. Maybe, very well could be, but are, are, we, are they accurately reporting every new COVID case, let's say in India, which has more than triple our population? No. If you've ever been to India, you know that would be an impossibility. Even China. Have you ever gotten out on the the beaten path out there into some of the, the villages? And you just know that in some of these communities and villages, once they get COVID, it probably runs rampant. But is that being accurately traced, tested? Of course it's not in Russia. So I, I'm not picking a fight here with any particular country. I, I'm just saying I, we very well could be number one in the world with the average daily case count up to an all-time high over the past seven days. But is it the highest in the world? We'll never know. I don't think that even matters, to be honest with you. We just know that this thing has really spread around the world very, very quickly, this Omicron. Now, there is some good news, as you know, and that is this thing is not nearly as virulent as the other variants before it. And so the number of COVID deaths, while anyone, of course, is too high, but the 1,200 average daily number in the week that ended January 3rd is well below the high of a year ago of about 3,000, which takes me back. Think about this for a second. It's January of 2021, let's say. So we're going back in our time time machine just a year. And things were not so hot back then, okay? We had had this pandemic not quite a year, and we were already suffering from COVID fatigue. Um, we had the political junk that was going on. We weren't even to January 6th. We didn't even know what was about to happen, so we'll put that to the side for now. We're just talking about COVID fatigue at the time. If you had had your crystal ball, and you looked ahead a year, and you were shown that the data would show that we even have more cases a year later. We still have people hospitalized. We still have people dying. Would that have made you about as depressed as you could ever be? We were already feeling it a year ago. And now here we are in 2022. But things are a little different though, aren't they? As a society, we've learned to live with it. As a society, we have pushed back on a lot of the mandates and lockdowns that were more acceptable. Well, not for everybody, of course, but more acceptable for a lot of people a year ago. And um, 
we're still suffering, <clears throat> excuse me, from COVID fatigue, obviously now nearly two years into this. What if we had a crystal ball and we looked forward to 2023 and this was still going on? I know, I, I, I promised that I would try to keep things light, but is that a possibility? Judging by what we know in past pandemics, it typically lasts a couple of years and then they quickly start to dissipate. Will this particular version, this COVID-19, ever completely go away? I'm no expert. The experts say maybe not. But by then, it'll be herd, herd immunity, and it won't be as big of a deal as it is today. So it is amazing that we're still, still talking about this. It's still frontline, headline news coming up on two years. But I don't get the sense that we have the fatigue of it that we even had a year ago as we're going around and just living our lives, right? So speaking of COVID, this plays into something that I talked about a couple of weeks ago when I was last on filling in for At Your Service, and that is the terrible negative side of social media and how many people in this country are willing to accept lies and mistruths and conspiracies just because it already fits their ideology and it fits their narrative. And so even though the headline that they see come across their Twitter feed or someone reposted on Facebook, no matter how unbelievable it is and outrageous on its surface, if it fits into already our preconceived notions, then somehow we don't question it. And that bugs me to no end. And I don't, it, it's both sides. It's both sides. It is conservative and liberal and Republican and uh, Democratic. And it just, it, it drives me absolutely crazy. I am going to give you the latest example of this. And it involves one of America's great, true sweethearts that nobody ever had a bad word to say. And that's Betty White. And in her death now, she has become an unwitting victim of conspiracies and how they relate to one particular issue. We'll get into that. And then I promise we will get some lighter news. But this is just such an important topic that I want to dig into it. And if just one person kind of wakes up and says, yeah, maybe I need to do a better job researching things when they hit my Twitter feed, then, then that's going to make my night. So we'll be back after this. You are listening to At Your Service on Camo X. I'm filling in tonight. The name is Dave Simon. Stay with us. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
All right, my friends, welcome back. It is 920 in St. Louis, and that is going to be obviously 1020 for those of you who are streaming out on the East Coast and all the way out to 820. Or actually, (laughs) here I go. That would be 720, actually, for those of you out uh, on the West Coast. So uh, I feel like I'm some network anchor here that I get to say East Coast, West Coast. But that's technology today. We know for a fact that uh, we are listened to in all 50 states and around the world. People either on their phones with the uh, Camo X app, the Odyssey app, or uh, streaming on their laptop or whatever. So uh, thank you. For all of you who are listening us to us here on Camo X and specifically this very show as I get to come out and play in the evenings. Go bump in the night. I think there was somebody on Camo X for many years that once said that. So uh, the beloved Betty White, who holds the Guinness Book of World Records for most decades, consecutive decades of an entertainer being on television. And I think it's female. I don't think it's overall. It might be George Burns. But Betty White, nearly eight decades. It's unbelievable. And um, just one of the uh, iconic faces and personalities uh, in American television history. And as you know, she uh, we, we all thought, uh, I think, that she was going to hit 100 years old. And literally, she was just days from doing so. She was going to turn 100 in mid-January. And she still seemed as spry as a much younger age, right? And she still had her wits about her. But she died peacefully in her sleep, apparently, of natural causes. Well, that's not good enough for those who believe in the wildest of conspiracies regarding the vaccine. And I am not talking about people who might have legitimate concerns and they look at some of the data that's come out and they're, eh, I've talked about this before. I am very much a pro-vaxxer. I've got my booster. I wish everybody would, especially for those of you with pre-existing conditions. I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. A very close family member we had to bury at age 50 because he bought into a lot of these conspiracies and had virtually every known pre-existing condition. And he got COVID and was dead within days. And that was our biggest fear that if he ever got it and he wasn't vaxxed, he could be in big trouble and our worst fears were realized. So there is no pro, more pro-vax guy than me. But I don't want the government mandating it. I just don't. And you can hold both those viewpoints simultaneously, all right? Well, my take is not those who still might be a little concerned, I think, with more information, maybe that'll go away. I'm talking about those who are crazy about it, like Bill Gates is actually behind this and he's put a chip in it. Or one of the other crazy notions that I've heard is the vaccine wipes out your DNA. Just ridiculous things. Well, that crowd has taken advantage of Betty White's death. She did an interview in December with People Magazine. And it was reprinted in various forms in newspapers, too, around the country. You know how that works. It's, you know, maybe a Sunday edition of your local newspaper will say, here's Betty White's interview that she did with People magazine. And that includes a a news outlet, media newspaper outlet up in Minnesota called Crow River Media. And they just took a portion of the People magazine interview And they reprinted it among some of their newspapers up there in Minnesota. Well, somebody got a hold 
of the Crow River Media version changed a quote that Betty White made and put it out there on Facebook or Twitter. People who want to believe that vaccines are killing thousands of people virtually every day didn't even question it. What was the quote that this anonymous person changed? The quote that supposedly came from Betty White was this, eat healthy and get all your vaccines. I just got boosted today. In other words, what she's saying is I, I took my booster. And she apparently said that on December 28th, three days before she actually died. It went viral. I saw one post on Twitter, um, shared a caption of the newspaper or had a link to the uh, newspaper article and said, wow, she died three days later. Coincidence. And all the anti-vaxxers without questioning it. Now, this is where this is what drives me crazy about all this. All it takes is a kernel, a small kernel of possibilities to make something somewhat believable until it grows and grows and grows. And at some point, you got to look at it and go, now, wait a minute. Did did Betty White really get boosted or is this somebody who's got some agenda? I don't care what side of the argument you're on. You need to question these things. Is somebody trying to make a point here? This was a lie. It was made up. She never said that in the original People magazine article and certainly didn't add any quotes to other newspapers, including Crow River Media out of Michigan. So I did a little checking. And I'm like, well, who is this Crow River Media? Could they have had a person employed there? Who, I mean, are... What side of the political aisle are they on? I've never heard of them. Kind of like just one of your small local newspaper family outlets, I guess. So I found it today. Get this. They have an editorial at the top of their website. A Betty White lie teaches a valuable social media lesson. Let me read a couple of quotes from their commentary and their opinion page today. Quote, as some of our readers who also spend time on social media may have seen, a photo was widely circulated this past weekend that included a link to a Betty White story with the headline, Betty White, I'm lucky to still be in good health. Above a photo of White in the web address is a quote that says, eat healthy and get all your vaccines. I just got boosted today. Anyone willing to put in a few minutes of reading and research could quite easily determine that the quote was fake. Sadly, many people are unwilling to put in the work to determine the accuracy of social media posts. Man, that is so true. That's me speaking. Or are more than happy to accept something at face value if it aligns with their preconceived notions. This is the fundamental basis of most viral hoaxes in today's world. It comes as no surprise to us that someone created a hoax alleging that the COVID-19 booster was responsible for killing a celebrity. What did come as a surprise was to have our newspaper dragged into the hoax. Whoever created the photo with this fake quote decided to use the Crow River Media web address. There's no telling if it was an intentional attempt to make us look bad or if we were just the unlucky one out of dozens of news organizations that published the story on our websites. Either way, 
We're more than happy to join the chorus of other journalists reporting the facts. So just to be clear, this is still the editorial. Betty White did not say she received her booster shot on December 28th. Crow River Media did not quote Betty White as saying she received her booster shot on December 28th. Crow River Media did not change the story about Betty White to remove a quote saying she received her booster shot on December 28th. We hope this serves as a good reminder for us all to be discerning consumers of news and other online information. I don't want to get into the whole vaccine debate. I've already told you where I stand on it. Major pro-vaccine. That's not really the point here because it is so many other issues out there. I have actually, and I don't do this publicly, but when somebody that I know on Facebook is reposting something that is so blatantly false, doesn't matter what side you're on. I have then done a little private message or as the young people call a PM. And I said, hey, I just want you to know what you posted has actually been proven, proven false. This is this is a news article from like eight years ago. I'm just kind of making this up eight years ago. And it was immediately debunked. And now it's like going through the motions again. I actually had a friend private message me back and, and, and say, oh, yeah, I thought I was wondering if that could even be true. What? Then why did you repost it? That is the problem in our society today. So I urge folks, man, just if what side of the aisle you on? Some people want to call all the rest of us sheep, right? Well, I can't believe that you believe everything that, you know, the government forces on you. Well, uh, most I don't. I don't think everybody does. But you're also if you're on that other side, you're the infowars crowd. You know, you're being played for a fool. And you don't know it. You're kind of a sheep, as it turns out. We all need to do a better job when we see something that seems a little outrageous, not to either, number one, completely dismiss it, because maybe there's some truth to it. And maybe it challenges your preconceived notions. Don't be afraid to look at it and say, oh, I used to think this, but hmm, maybe I need to look at this a little bit in a little bit more detail. On the other side, if you immediately believe it, even though it just seems a little out there, then do some research first before reposting it. One more quick little, ah, I got to take a break or I'm going to run out of time. There's one thing involving a local sports celebrity that's somewhat related to this. A former blues uh, player who's in the Hall of Fame right now, who has kind of been unwittingly caught up into the... Oh, man, just some of the, the rhetoric that, that passes as just normal conversations these days as people yell at each other anonymously behind some blank screen. And this is now caught up into a blues, former blues player. I'll take just a minute to describe that, but I got to take a break. You are listening to At Your Service, of course, here on Camo X. I'm the fill-in guest host tonight, Dave Simons, and we shall return. <laughs> I hit a, uh, a big age this year. Uh, I turned the big 6-0, that, as in 60. July 19th of 1962, a young David William Simons came into this world. And I, what's weird is that doesn't even sound right. 
I still in my heart believe I'm like 35 years old and I act like it. I can be very goofy sometimes. Uh, I have a zest for life. I'm very fortunate. I maybe I'm wired this way, whatever, but I seek things out that um, I, I just find that um, bring joy in, into my world. And so I, I don't get depressed very often. And yes, bad things have happened to me. Terrible things have happened to people I love. But uh, I, I've just had an ability to kind of still move on. And I, I'm a very deeply faith-based person. I, I think that probably helps. But I, with all of that said, as I just thought about some of the things that I've already been talking about and looking at some of the other topics that I want to get to, I'm thinking, geez, Dave, you're sounding like an old curmudgeon. Is this what happens when you get to 60? So I, with, with that as a backdrop, we then turn to yet another example that I see of the vitriol and the hatred now that we show one another, and typically anonymously, thanks to the advent of social media. And this is not necessarily a rant against new technology and social media. Everybody does it. It's old news. You don't need to hear another now old guy on the radio doing the same thing tonight. But if, if anything, I just want to try to point this out to say, it's okay to turn this off. I don't even go to Twitter anymore. I, I don't. This is something that I actually saw that was forwarded to me by a good friend who is on Twitter a lot. And this happened on Saturday, and it's from someone by the name of Chris Pronger. Yes, that Chris Pronger, the former Blues All-Star, in fact, All-Star of uh, several teams in his career, the Hall of Famer. And a guy who still makes his home here in St. Louis. I've occasionally run into him around the St. Louis area. I always loved the guy. I didn't like him when he played for other teams. He was that kind of a guy. But you always loved him when he played for you. Had that ornery streak to him. So he decides that for the first time, I don't know why he just decided this now, but on Saturday, on January 1st, New Year's Day, he decided to become the latest member of the Twitter sphere, however you call it. And he said this in his first official tweet. Thank you for all the warm welcome to the Twitterverse. Looking forward to engaging with you all and learning a great deal from many of you. One rule to live by on here with me, stay classy. Leave the rude comments at home. Think before you hit tweet. And then he has the peace sign. When I saw that, I thought, yeah, this isn't going to go well. Because that's the world in which we live. It's, and he's going to find out very quickly if he didn't know already. So sure enough, one of the first responses was from some guy named Mark, stay classy, question mark. Good luck, pal. I don't really have a problem with that because in a way, that's kind of what my thoughts were. Now, I wouldn't have gone on and actually tweeted that back to him. I wouldn't have wasted my time, but somebody did. And I thought, yeah, that's kind of what's going to happen. And sure enough, right away. Some guy named Daryl, Daryl Keeping, tweeted, Did you think before you stomped on another player while wearing an ice skate? And then somebody right after that, Oh, that was a lifetime ago. Move on, man. He's a super class act who spends so much time and money on charity. Do you do the same? Now, all of a sudden, 
we go from a guy, well-known NHL Hall of Famer, Chris Pronger, saying, hey, everyone, I'm here, man. I'm looking forward to engaging with everybody. Let's talk about some cool stuff, but, you know, kind of stay classy. Leave the rude comments. And it took minutes, minutes for a verbal fight to break out. I am so proud of my kids who are in their 20s at no urging from their old man here, none, zero, who recently told me that they are off Instagram and off Twitter because they've seen too many of their friends get so wrapped up into it and change, and a couple of them have been victims. And we know the horrible outcome and tragedy that has hit a lot of our younger people, like in high school, who have taken their own lives because of some anonymous hits from other high school people. Just it mean doesn't even begin to tell the full story of what happens. I don't know what the, I don't know how to change it, folks. Does anybody? I'm not big into government control. I'm usually against it, but is that what it's going to take? Do we need to start holding some of these platforms accountable? A lot of people in Congress believe it. And that, by the way, is on both sides of, of the political aisle. There seems to be some commonality with both Republicans and Democrats. On the Democrats, it's a little bit more, hey, these companies are too big. On the Republicans, it's, hey, they're shutting down conservative speech. They both have a case to be made here. But I don't care if they have different reasons. If it's to hold these guys accountable for some of this, I'm all for it to some degree, even though I'm a free market capitalist. But that doesn't come without some responsibility. And um, I hate to use the Chris Pronger tweet as an example. It's more of the Betty White thing that's just infuriating to me. So let's change gears a little bit, but it still is on the line of me being a nearly 60-year-old curmudgeon, and I don't like it. I don't know what's happened. I don't know why in preparing for the show the last couple of days, I just found stuff that I'm like, I'm going to rant on this. And while I do it, get off my lawn, kids. I'm not that kind of guy. But there's just some stuff that's been happening lately that's just gotten under my skin. So you're going to have to kind of deal with this. I think in the second hour, we'll, we'll kind of turn the volume down here a little bit. But how about our own St. Louis and Andy Cohen? He kind of made the news this week, didn't he? This gets into something else. I, I'm going to sound like the old guy again, but whatever happened to just a, a thing like a, a Dick Clark ringing in the new year, watching the ball go down, and it was always fun, and people were – they had bands and singing and dancing and everybody there in New York City, and they would go to other areas around the country. didn't matter what time zone – New, you know, midnight in New York, but they would go out and it's 9 p.m. in California and they would switch it up. And that was always fun. Now, many of the networks, it's just a big drunk fest and CNN is the worst, absolutely the worst. And I think they enjoy it because it's given them a reputation that they're the party channel to go to on New Year's Eve and their ratings go up because of it. But this is all a part of where our society is right now. So our own Andy Cohen, I don't mean to rip on him. He's a St. Louis guy, right? And he's very well known and has done well for himself. And he now admits, yeah, he drank a little too much. But he was really, honestly, I'll just say it, making a fool of himself 
on the CNN broadcast. He was there with Anderson Cooper. Don Lemon has been on before. I don't know if he was on this year, but he's been uh, uh, tipsy before. And a lot of people have made comments about that. But man, oh man, did Andy Cohen go off on a few people. Now, one of them I have no problem with, and I thought it was kind of funny. So maybe I'm being a little bit of a hypocrite here. But, and I'm going to quote directly. Here's Andy, uh, um, Andy Cohen. And I guess he lives in New York full-time now, I'm assuming. Um, even though he does come back to St. Louis quite a bit. But he decided that he was going to take on outgoing mayor Bill de Blasio. Get no argument from me. So here's Andy Cohen, and if you can picture kind of slurring his words and yelling at the same time, the only thing that Democrats and Republicans can agree on is what a horrible mayor he's been. So sayonara, sucker. 2022, it's a new year because guess what? I have a feeling I'm going to be standing right here next year, and you know who I'm not going to be looking at? Dancing as the city comes apart, you, and he's referring to de Blasio. If you haven't seen it, I'm sure it's on YouTube. You can find it. And Anderson Cooper is trying to rein him in just a little bit, but not too much because he knows this is good television. Now, here's the thing that I didn't like. Andy Cohen decided to take on one of the premier great American rock bands ever. One of my favorites, Journey. That's where I drew the line. So Journey was playing that night. And, of course, Steve Perry hasn't been with them for a couple of decades. He's made some appearances here and there. But pretty much they have Arnel Pineda, who has been their uh, lead singer now for, uh, gosh, has it been 20 years? At least 15 anyway. So here's Andy Cohen again. Quote, we were doused with confetti from fake Journey on ABC. If it's not because Journey was, was playing on another network. So now here's Andy Cohen on CNN. He's not only taking uh, journey to task. He's taken the task on ABC. We were doused with confetti from fake journey on ABC. If it's not Steve Perry, it doesn't count. You get it? Journey. It's propaganda. It's not journey. It's not journey. No, that was not journey. Steve Perry is journey. Okay. Well, you know what? I can't really argue too much with that. It's just the spectacle of someone who is just kind of drunken out of control. When I think back, you know, Dick Clark used to do this on NBC, and I used to actually watch it. When we come back, I'm not done talking about Missouri people who have had a little alcohol issue here. Unfortunately, it's someone that uh, I do know personally, which is an interesting story in and of itself. I'll tell you how I know this comedic actor who's been in a lot of Will Ferrell movies. It's a wild story. Uh, unfortunately. Unfortunately, his name was in the news for all the wrong reasons here the last couple of days. I'll tell you that story when we come back with more at your service right here on CamelX. So the year is 2004, and I'm sitting in the theater out in Chesterfield. And the movie is Anchorman, which I will tell you to this day is my favorite comedy of all time. Favorite comedy, which I guess shows you my sense of humor. But as someone who grew up in the media and knows television inside and out, there were so many subtle truths to that movie that maybe the average 
viewer didn't know that it just made that movie even more special for me. And to this day, it is the best comedy I've ever seen. But while I'm watching it, I was struck by one individual. It was the guy who played the sportscaster, who in the movie went by the name of Champ Kind. If you've ever seen the movie, you know exactly who I'm talking about. And I kept looking at this guy, and I'm looking at this guy, and I'm thinking, I've seen him in some other movies, but I can't place him. I, I know this person. I know his face. Where's he been? I couldn't place it. I couldn't place it. And so I don't always sit through the credits at the end, but I wanted to know who this actor was. So sure enough, the credits go, and there it is, Champ Kind, played by Holy Schneike, David Keckner, Dave Keckner, Dave Keckner. I'm sitting there, I think, yelling to myself. Let me go back 20 years before. Actually, more than 20 years before. It's like 1982, 83, and 84. It's those three years. I'm working while I'm at Mizzou at a Mexican restaurant that no longer exists called Los Banditos. I was a, I started as a cook to make money to support myself through college. Later, graduated up to be a bartender there. So, yes, I, I did finally move out from being a cook. But my fellow cook was a guy named Dave Keckner. Yes, that David Keckner, who's from Lipton, Missouri, and was at Mizzou studying to be a teacher for political science. In fact, that's what he did after he graduated. He moved back home and briefly was a teacher at the high school there in his home, little hometown of Lipton, Missouri, in political science. There's a long story of how he got noticed as a comedian and went on and started a lot of other Will Ferrell movies, um, Talladega Nights, you know, the Ricky Bobby's been in that, uh, a number of other Will Ferrell movies. But this was like the first one. And I couldn't believe it. So I started, did a big search on the internet. Sure enough, it was him. I can't believe it. I used to, this guy was one of my best friends at Mizzou. We parted ways after he graduated. Um, we really found a bond on Saturday nights uh, during football season because we both lamented the fact that we couldn't go and party with our friends on a football Saturday. We had to go make burritos. And we just had a real bond over that. Well, I've followed his career. I've never talked to him, never reached out to him. I don't even know, you know, if, if that would do any good. I, it doesn't matter to me, to be honest with you. Uh, but my heart broke a little bit. He was arrested on driving under the influence and a hit and run in California on New Year's Eve. And it was in the middle of the afternoon. So apparently he was already kind of tying one on here a little bit. But I'm reading that. I'm going, oh, Dave, man, really? And he was booked into jail. He was released. Um, um, he was released, I guess. I think he was in. Okay, he was in there overnight. I'm reading this now. So he was he was arrested on December 31st, a little after 3 o'clock, and was released from jail early the next morning on January 1st. Interesting. Um, and apparently what happened, according to the report, um, there was an officer that noticed... Uh, fresh collision damage on the actor's vehicle. The quote from the report, the driver of the car, later determined to be Mr. Kickner, was driving into oncoming traffic, the wrong lane on the other side of the street where the officer was coming. 
Officer passed him, conducted a U-turn, and pulled him over a couple of blocks away. Upon investigation, the officer observed outward symptomology, interesting, of intoxication and ultimately determined probable cause to arrest for suspicion of DUI. Our traffic investigators also responded to the air and determined Mr. Keckner had indeed been in a collision, which caused damage to his vehicle. Uh, apparently no one was hurt. Thank goodness. But one more thing about this. So back in the day at Mizzou, I'm the guy in full disclosure. This is why <laughs> I hated working those Saturday nights so much. To get through, you'd work past midnight when all your buddies were at having a good time, right? Remember, you're, you're 20 years old, 21, 22, 19, whatever. And everyone's having a good time but you and, and your buddy Dave Keckner here. So I would sneak in a little flask of some good stuff, if you know what I mean, and pour it into our drinks. Although Dave decided he didn't want to do that until after we were done. And we'd go over to his place and then we'd start partying a little bit after midnight. Now, interestingly, I haven't had a drink, I'm not bragging here, but I just decided to stop uh, 14 years ago, January of 08. So coming up on 14 years, no big reason why. I just decided I was kind of done and it's dragged on to 14 years from now. I was the partier back then, not so much Dave. Now he's the one who's in a little bit more trouble. So little personal story, Dave, I hope you get your uh, act together and everything turns out okay. And I'm glad no one got hurt. We'll be back after the top of the hour. Stay with us.